welcome back to the Spooktacular Now. I'm your host, Kenzie, here with Nikki, and we have a very exciting episode for you today. Uh, we got to do something very cool this past weekend. We joined our friends at NWOSI, Northwest Ohio Supernatural Investigations, for their paranormal investigation into the Collingwood Arts Center of Toledo, Ohio. And it's such a cool building, yes. and what a cool experience we had, so we're very excited to talk about it. Definitely. Um, Definitely was on my bucket list of things to experience. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, not just the uh, experience of the ghost hunt, but I've always wanted to take a tour at night, and yeah. we got to do that as well. Yeah. So, if you're not familiar with the Collingwood Arts Center... Kenzie is going to share some information about it. Yes. Um, Definitely check it out if you are local to the area. You can actually go on self-guided tours, I believe. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, I had been in there maybe once or twice before last weekend. Um, well, years ago, didn't we do that? Like, didn't they have like a... Halloween tour or something. I believe they did, yeah. And they had like people dress up mm -hmm. and they made it really spooky and it was at night and that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I think that was the first time I had ever been in there. Yeah. Um, and I think I went a couple times for field trips when I was a kid in school because the they, auditorium. Yes, yeah. they have um, a, a theater and they host concerts and plays and stuff and mm -hmm. we had gone I think a couple times. And then when I was in this uh, the youth arts program that our city has every summer. Um, at the end of the season, we had to help pack up like all the art supplies, and then they kept them stored in the basement oh. in this weird back room. And we had to help like haul all the stuff down in there. So we got to see a little bit of like the behind the scenes of the building. We had to go down to the basement, and um, that was the last time I had been in there. But I never had experienced it. At night, like we did, where yeah. it was just us right. in a building and, you know, the other members of our group. So that was, it was something. Definitely. Yeah. The basement um, was cavernous. Very cavernous. Very Creepy. dark. A lot of hallways, doors. Damp. Yes. Um, Smelled like old basement. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but before we talk about uh, what our experience like was in the investigation, I just wanted to give a brief history about the... Collingwood building. Um, so before it was the big gigantic building that it is now, um, on that plot, before the road of Collingwood was finished, it was just the Gerber house. Uh, I, I pulled this information from their website if you want to read more about um, the Collingwood Arts Center itself or about their history, you can go to collingwoodartscenter.org. Uh, so the Gerber house is the white-painted brick home in front of the building that faces Collingwood Boulevard. The Gerber house was completed in 1872 before the completion of the road, as I mentioned. Christian Gerber, a local merchant, spared no expense in the construction of his dream home. From the elegant parlors with 15-foot-high ceilings and solid walnut doors to the fixtures on the fireplace mantles, the Gerber house shows the craftsmanship of another era. Cost overruns doubled the initial projected cost of the house, and in 1875, Gerber declared bankruptcy as a result of the overextended credit and poor economic conditions. Wow. So they only got to live in there for barely three years. Wow. The Ketchum and Lasky families took possession of the house in the later years. Also, other 
affluent families from the area. Did, what was it? Ketchum and who? Lasky. Lasky, like the road? Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> I didn't know that was named after. Yeah. And like, you know, Secor and... Oh, right. And there are still Secors around. Wow. Okay. I don't know what they do, but they are very wealthy. The rear part of the house, including the kitchen, was torn down to accommodate the attachment of the Music and Academy buildings, which is now the main portion of the Collingwood Arts Center. So, yeah, it was neat going through uh, the main building on the second floor. You pull open this big, heavy door, and you, it leads to the upper level of the house. Oh, right. So they just cut off that back area. Because I remember thinking, like, well, there's no kitchen in here. I was wondering that, too. Yeah. Where's the kitchen? How yeah. do we get there? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just leads into the upper level where they think they have private studios. Yeah. Which I'm assuming were, you know, bedrooms at one point. Mm -hmm. And then you go down these this big staircase into the lower level. But, yeah, there's no kitchen there anymore because they got rid of it. Ah, okay. That explains it. Yeah. The main building, as I mentioned, it's, what did our tour guide say? It was like 86,000 square feet 86, or something. 86,000 square yeah, feet, yes. Yeah, it's huge. Would you say that's like a gothic style? Or does, like, did they say anything about the architecture? Um, it's very foreboding. Or, it is. Is that the right word to use? You, you go and you just it's get cold. this, um, <laughs> you get this feeling, this, this unsettled feeling. You're standing there staring up at this five-story dark brick building it is so massive and you feel swallowed up by the yeah. whole thing i mean um, it just looks haunted it does and you know the building that portion of the building was completed in 1905 and i think for the time you know those i'm not i want to say industrial maybe slightly warehouse looking heavy on the brick and the mm -hmm. concrete mm -hmm. that type of building style i think was popular for that era uh, so I'll, I'll read a little bit about what it says uh, about the main building the um so eventually the gerber house fell into the hands of the ursuline order of the sacred heart okay uh, convent which i believe is still around but has since relocated i think to saint ursula academy okay um, but this was their original, like, home where the nuns lived and worked. And they acquired the house, and that's where they were operating out of while the Collingwood Art Center, um, you know, it wasn't called that then, but while that part of the building was being built, they were in the house. Uh, the Ursulines commissioned prominent Toledo architect, and this man has a most unfortunate name, Edward Oscar Fallis. F-A-L-L-I-S. No. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> oh. That's dear. how our tour guide pronounced it, so. <laughs> For an ambitious project of 15 interconnected buildings around three courtyards, essentially a self-contained community including a chapel, library, lecture rooms, art galleries, an auditorium, music building, dormitories, classrooms, the convent, a hospital, bakery, power plant, and more. Of the buildings originally planned, only the music and academy buildings, five stories tall, and power plant were ever constructed. The structure was completed and ready for occupancy on September 6, 1905. The style was based on 14th and 15th century Flemish and Norman brick oh, architecture, okay. featuring steeply pitched gables and rows of pointed dormers. Fallis described a certain antique effect the structure using vitrified bricks and a dark colored mortar along with a roof of green spanish tile intended to harmonize with the building's dark color 
The interior was to have stained oak woodwork and high-style Art Nouveau stair railings. Much of the original woodwork and flooring and many of the original wrought iron, light fixtures, and stair railings remain. Wow. Yeah, so the stuff in there is very, very old. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and then it just talks a little bit more about the uh, other areas of the grounds. Um, and then the chapel is now the children's theater mm -hmm. where they host uh, workshops and it has a small stage in there. And then I guess, I'm, I'm not sure where the power plant is. It's not attached to the main building, mm -hmm. but it's somewhere nearby, so I'm not sure. And it also, it was also a woman's college too, Merryman's? Yes. Okay. Um, let's see, it says, uh, from 1922 to 1975, um, the building also housed the uh, Merryman's College and St. Ursula Academy, but they were separate. Um, it was originally just a woman's college. Okay. And then... I think in the early 70s, it was a co-ed college, but then the recession hit and they had to shut the school down. Gotcha. Um, so then that ended in 1975. And then I think, well, the nuns were still there, I believe. Mm. But then in 1985, um, the, I don't know what the name of the organization that runs it. Is it just the Collingwood Arts Center? I, I think so. Uh, okay, so then, so in 1985, um, the Collingwood Arts Center organization uh, purchased the building okay. from the Ursuline Order, and it's been a community art center mm -hmm. ever since. They have um, uh, private studios that you can rent. They have different spaces that you can rent for like events and stuff. They've got the children's theater, as I mentioned, and. Uh, they used to have a residency program for artists where they would live and work there, mm -hmm. but they had to uh, discontinue that in 2014. What was the purpose? Do you know why they stopped having the residence? I want maybe funding, but I don't. Okay. I, I don't remember hearing much about you know what had happened. Um, but there's there's still uh, studios, you know, artists working there. A lot. Of they just yeah, yeah. They just can't live there anymore. Mm, gotcha. But there are some. There were some private residences, weren't I think there? She said, I think our tour guide said there were two apartments that were occupied. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just so curious as to, like, what those apartments look like on the inside. I know. I'd love to see. And they've got to be, like, super old. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear if they have any ghost stories. Yeah, because, I mean, well, they they probably got, like, their own bathrooms and kitchens and everything, but are they ever out walking around at night? Mm -hmm. You know, looking at stuff. I wonder if maybe they also have studio space there. Oh, true. Like if they're also artists that have space there. Yeah. And then, wasn't there a store also? One of the studios was a shop. Okay. Yeah, there were multiple different... Yeah. Like, there were a lot of spaces that we didn't really get to explore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to go back and do a self-guided tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the building is enormous, mm -hmm. and it's so cool. When we pulled up uh, the side that we entered in, most of the building is covered in, like, this green, it, I don't know if it's ivy or, like, moss. Yeah, I think it's ivy. But it's it covers, like, most of the building. It covers the windows. It, I mean, it just looked... 
Or it's kudzu. Yeah. That invasive. Oh, plant. yeah, that's it true. It could be. You know, at first glance, especially late at night, you think, ah, oh, this is a big abandoned building. You know, yeah. it looks, it's, it looks its age, yeah. you know, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's you wouldn't well think loved. that it was so still, you know, in operation, but, right. um, yeah, it's, it's a very cool place and it's very neat to be there mm-hmm. and get to experience the, you know, a side of it that probably not a lot of people yep. get to do. However, a very popular and prominent, um, Paranormal investigation team did get to investigate there a couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, the uh, TAPS, Atlantic Paranormal Society, um, perhaps you know them from their Ghost Hunters show. They got to investigate, uh, I don't remember what year it was, it was 2021 sometime? I'm going to check, see what episode and what year. Yeah. Uh, so people see. can find it. Okay, so Ghost Hunters. Did the Collingwood Arts Center, that was season 14, episode 11. Okay. Um, and they got some evidence there. Yeah, I I think, I don't know if I completed the episode, because I don't remember what the reveal showed, but I think they had a good investigation. Mm-hmm. It aired in 2022, so I want to say they investigated maybe... I think it was the fall The before. fall, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I remember being at work late at night and someone had said that they saw their vans parked out there. The taps vans. Yeah. yeah that was pretty surreal yeah. to see them there. Um, I did spy a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I want to know, Ghost Hunters, they do not have a current season going right now during spooky season. Oh. I'm super bummed. Yeah. Like, October is a big month. Man, that used to be our show. I know. We watched that, like, religiously. I miss that show. Yeah. Um... And I loved when they were between Ghost Hunter episodes and then, like, Grant came back and he did, like, a couple seasons with, like, a revived Ghost Hunters. They did Ghost Nation, which I loved just as much. And they did some uh, other exploration in the Buckeye State on Ghost Nation. And that was a good show, too. Yeah. And then they were, I guess, I don't know. And didn't they do a couple, like, Halloween... Halloween specials? Didn't they have like live shows or something? They used and they to, were like Hunters way they were back. super long. Yeah, yeah. You could follow along as they were doing their investigation. Right, right. Yeah. So oh, Ghost wait, Hunters. yes, when they are you do. Coming back, Ghost Hunters. Season 16, 2023, currently five episodes. But I just looked. I didn't oh. find, I couldn't find it. Maybe they only had five episodes for that season. Um Yeah. They, I think they ended earlier in the year. Yeah, in May. In okay. May. Yeah. Nothing right now. Please come back. Do you think they stopped because of the strike? Well, possibly. Well, the strike started in June, didn't it? Yeah. Or right about there. That could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I need to rewatch the Collingwood episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, and they'll definitely give you if you watch it before you listen to this episode. Frame of reference. It'll give you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know what we're talking about. We Mm -hmm. talk about certain areas of the house. well, and uh, the main building, but yeah. So let's uh, let's get into what our investigation was like. Okay. Uh, so we joined the main, uh, well, the team NWSI uh, members: Nicole, Zach, Sean, Troy, and Jamie. And then we had a few others joining us, and uh, we started in the dance studio mm-hmm. on the second floor. 
um, which was like one of the bigger spaces next to all the artist studios. Mm-hmm. And um, we we did some, I think they tried to do mostly EVP work in there. Mm-hmm. And I had a K2 meter with me most of the night. And then um, Nicole had put out their like rope light. <laughs> Excuse me. Nicole had put out their rope light, which is this long string, and it's got these little, like, LED, I don't know how to describe them, like, bars almost? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they've got, like, the little diodes inside these things, and the if you, like, tap them or something comes near them, they go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, like, lay them in an area, and um, we tried to use that to get a response when doing EVP work, mm-hmm. and... Um, it went off a little bit, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot mm-hmm. that first time that we started the investigation. But it didn't start to light up, really, until we started talking about the basement. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. And then, um, but before we went down to the basement, we went to the, the house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was... House. It was the two of us, uh, Nicole, Sean, Troy... And then two of the other guests, um, who was Jamie with us? And then Jenny and Paula. Because uh, at that same time, that while we were in the house, uh, Zach and his brother Nate were in the, uh, the theater, the main yeah. theater. We kind of split up into some of the different rooms on the first floor, but we didn't get a whole lot there either. Mm-hmm. Um, it was neat being in that big old house. Yeah, though. it was, it was cool. so Victorian. Yes. It was beautiful. I was trying to imagine myself living there. Yeah. The gigantic ceilings. and it, Things seemed kind of cold, though, like the hard tile floor. and Yeah. But it was still just, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, all the walls were, like, white and mm-hmm. kind of plain. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, at some point... Because, you know, I think of Victorian decor, it was very opulent and ornate. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming at some point they had painted walls and wallpaper everywhere. Right, right. Um, it probably looked a lot different. In yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, probably would have looked a little more uh, lively and inviting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've since just... I mean, they've got some, like, old antique kind of furniture set up to how it, it might have looked when it was occupied. Yeah. The room we went in that they call the library that had all those books in the case, the glass cases, is that part of the house or was that separate in, do you remember? That was a part of the main building. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a little disorienting in there. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a maze in some areas because mm-hmm. there's so many ways to get around mm-hmm. and there's a million doors mm-hmm. and like back ways into all the halls and stuff. Yeah. Because didn't that lead to... Didn't that lead to backstage or somewhere? It did lead to backstage. Yeah. Because our tour guide, Lexi, had mentioned that um, someone had passed one of the nuns. Mm-hmm. And they would have them lie in state for the other nuns to pay respect on the stage. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, if you were looking at the stage from the audience to the left... Uh, was this door that led to the library. Okay. And then after the showing, they would uh, wheel the bodies into the library where a, right. a nun would wait with them Yeah. Uh, through through the night until their body was picked up. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I was kind of that was interesting. I wouldn't want that job. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they would place the nuns there mm-hmm. for like their funeral services. Yeah. That was interesting. But um, yeah. And there were some old books in there too. Really old. Yeah. Charles Dickens. and Yeah, yeah. it was like, they almost looked like original editions. Yeah. Like it was a collection. Yeah. It was really cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. I wouldn't say I, when we were in the um, the dance room, what'd you call that? Studio. Yeah. <laughs> the dance studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I felt scared or creeped out in there at all. No. I felt pretty chill. Yeah. Um, were there any particular places where you felt kind of creeped out? I didn't feel anything in the house. I don't think... We really got any responses. Right. Um, I know in one of the rooms, Troy had the spirit box on. Mm-hmm. And the spirit box is those devices that um, it kind of sounds like because yeah, it's rapidly scanning through radio frequencies. Yeah. And the idea is that if someone's trying to communicate with you through the spirit box, they'll pick out words or phrases from the channel and kind of. Mm-hmm maybe string them together to form a sentence or a word mm-hmm. to try and respond to you. Um, I mean, I guess they just tap into the energy or something through the radio, I guess, yeah. is the idea behind mm-hmm. it. I'm not, you know, an expert on how it works by any means, mm-hmm. but um, that's what they were using, and I don't think he had anything come through there because we no. just kind of sat and we were asking questions, and yeah. I was kind of taking the K2 meter around the room, and I wasn't getting anything in there mm-hmm. um so then eventually we all moved down to the basement which for me that was when things kind of started to feel creepy yeah it was definitely the more active area of yes the night. and <laughs> when we went down there was an entrance i think from the house okay that went down into the basement okay but it was kind of further away from where we originally started out mm-hmm. There's oh, there's so many weird rooms back in there. Oh, that's where that one room is, underneath the stairs. I don't think you were in there at the okay. time. But we all, Lexi had taken us through to this weird room that you had to, like, duck underneath the staircase to get to through the door. Mm-hmm. And it had, um, it had, like, a red light bulb and a light fixture. So they, of course it did. Yeah, well, they think, <laughs> I think it was used as probably a dark room okay. for... Making prints, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, she had mentioned how they were clearing out the room, and they noticed um, not a pentagram. It apparently, is a pentacle, which is for protection. Oh, and it, that doesn't have anything to do with Satanism, okay. apparently. Okay. But that was painted onto the floor. That they discovered. Yeah. After they moved, they cleared stuff out. Oh. And uh, she said that they painted over it. And then one day they came through on a tour and it was there again. Yeah. So someone had either repainted a new one uh-huh. or had wiped up the paint that was down there. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you know, but just to be funny, probably. Yeah. But, and just add to the creep factor. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a creepy area of the the basement. It was such a weird little back room. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so then we made our way underneath 
kind of the the curve part of the back of the auditorium. Mm-hmm. That's where they have a lot of like old junk chairs, desks, and stuff mm-hmm. that they use for storage mostly. Yeah. And like in the way way back, there was this like caged off little room. I'm not sure what was in there. We didn't actually go in there, um, but other people in the group did. Yeah. I'm not sure what they used it for, but apparently... Maybe they were they would store, like... The only thing you could guess was, because it had a cage, they could lock it. Like, yeah. Maybe it was for, like, audio equipment or something for productions. Oh, I don't true. Know. Something that they wanted yeah. to keep safe, I guess. Yeah. Or keep something locked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently, that's a hot spot for activity, and mm-hmm. they call it the portal. Or that's what we had called it that night. I don't know. So the idea was we had set up um, kind of like an EVP session in there. And I think originally it was just Sean and Jamie. And we kind of, you know, we shut the cage on to lock him in there. (laughs) Then we kind of draped the rope light through. And then it came through to where we were all kind of sitting in front. And I had the K2 meter in my hand and I was kind of near the end of the rope light and then so we were starting we were asking like you know yes no questions like is there anyone here you know just basic stuff like that mm-hmm. and we seemed to be getting more response that way mm-hmm. and that was the first time that the k2 meter had really lit up for me mm-hmm. and it seemed to be spiking cor- correlating with you know the questions being asked that's pretty cool and you know most of the time i noticed that if the k2 meter was lighting up so were the rope lights that's awesome yeah so something was making it you know, activate. Mm-hmm. Um, we were down there for a little while, and then uh, Zach and Nate came down, and they said that when they were using their spirit box, that they heard a voice come through telling them to get out. Mm. So they. So you do. Yeah. You listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if some entity is telling you to leave, you know, don't be dumb. Right. You know, get out of their way. Yeah. So then I think Zach ended up going in to the, the portal room or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, sat in there and we were doing more EVP work. And that was when we were all huddled in that little corner and we heard like a, it was like distant but kind of nearby. It was loud, it was audible and loud enough that we all heard it. Mm-hmm. It was like thudding. And you could tell it, it was coming from the basement somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And then it sounded like, creaking door hinges a, me- a very heavy metal door yes, opening, opening is what it sounded like and there yeah. yeah there were some very obvious banging noises before yes yeah and then you it was it you and nate that yes. went to look we couldn't find anything there. yeah yes. no nobody else was down there right. it was just us for the night yeah and you know of course the two people that lived there but they were up in their apartments yeah. like nobody else was walking around it right. was just us yeah that was um, for me that was the coolest event of the night yeah yeah because we yeah at first, I thought, oh, maybe somebody else is coming down. Mm-hmm. But then I'm thinking, wait, no, everybody's down here already. Yeah, yeah. That was really freaky. It was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that one, but something was trying to get our attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, while we were down in the basement, uh, that was when they started doing the Estes work. Yeah. Um, which I guess is named for somebody. I guess, yeah. They called it the Estes Method. Yeah. And that involves using a spirit box. Like, you put the 
headphones in. Mm -hmm. And then you put noise-canceling headphones on over that. And I, if you want to, probably, so you can't see what other people are saying or try mm -hmm. to read their lips, you put a face mask over. And the idea is that, you know, you're not seeing anything, you're not hearing anything else but what's coming through on the spirit box. And if you heard something, you just say it out loud. Mm -hmm. It's to take away the... I guess the influence of the person who's asking the questions. Yeah. Because if you know what's being asked, then you might, what is, what's it called? Pareidolia, where your, your mind turns a sound into words, but it's, it may, may not really be there. Oh. So it's taking away that, that, the power of suggestion. Yeah. So you exactly. don't know what's being asked. So you're just hearing whatever, everything else is blocked out. You're yeah. Just hearing and then, what's the, then if you happen to hear some words or whatever, you just kind of say, you throw it out there. But um, that too, again, is very subjective. I don't know if I'm 100% yeah. sold on that. I don't think it's foolproof. No. You no, know? Definitely. Um, not. Definitely not. Yeah. I put it on and I listened for a good five minutes and I heard. I heard very random little, but it was so fast there were no words that yeah. could be made out, so I didn't really. Yeah, and true, maybe maybe it takes time to get used to listening and working that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. But I was I was too chicken to try it yeah. because at that point, um, I think it was Sean who was doing the Estes work, mm -hmm. and then we were all asking questions, mm -hmm. and. At that point, it seemed to, I you know, I wish I would have wrote down or recorded some of the specifics because we were getting some interesting responses, mm -hmm. and it seemed like there was one entity that was kind of playing with us. Mm -hmm. Like, it wanted us to go upstairs, or mm -hmm. then it didn't want us to go upstairs, mm -hmm. or it wanted us to stay down here, and it started, you know, naming people, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of scary. Well, I definitely would like to purchase our own equipment yeah. and try it again on our own without any other outside influence yeah. and see if we're able to um, experience anything. And for me, what I think is even more um, convincing, I mean, I try to be a skeptic still. I'm not 100% sold. Right, right. Because I haven't really experienced anything super paranormal myself. True. But um, even just with a good digital audio recorder... Like a handheld one, like yeah. You can like one. You can spend a couple hundred dollars on them, really nice one, and just have um, a head, nice headphone set hooked up to it. So it really, you're really hearing very clearly the sounds that are going on around you. Yeah. Sometimes if you get really good EVPs, you can just hear them, you know, as they're being set, right? Like live, right? Now f that for me is, I think, way cooler. Yeah. You know than hearing bits of words that are coming out through radio stations. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You could take any random words and make them fit into the situation. True. So I'm not, yeah. Like I said, I would like to work more, again, with the, the spirit box and try that again. But. Yeah. Because um, this, and this was just our first yes. real we are foray into... Noobs. We're, yeah. We're novices. Yeah. Um, into sure. the world of investigations. So, like, you know, we're by no means experts but it was very cool to see the experts you know working and yeah how they go about their investigation Definitely. and um yeah there's so, there's so much to learn there another cool device that they were using um oh two actually they did the the laser grid or the dot grid mm -hmm. with the lasers mm -hmm. um it now i this pops up just because we just watched a 
Was it Paranormal Activity 4? Okay. With the girl and her little brother was the kid that was taken in the second movie. Okay. Um, and... I don't think I ever saw that one. That one was... I, I thought we saw that together forever mm-hmm. ago when it came out. That was... That's it. They're, you know, they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing in, that happens in that movie is the, the friend of the girl, uh, he shows them this cool trick... That you can see through like infrared, because um, they had an Xbox Connect, mm-hmm. and you like turn it on, and then you turn the lights off, and you look through infrared camera, and it you can see the laser dot grid. Yeah, and then you know they they caught like some apparitions moving through, mm-hmm. but then they they've kind of made that into a handheld device where you turn it on, it's the green dots, and you can yeah. see it, and then you just set it somewhere, mm-hmm. and the idea is that you know you, you could see things moving in front of the dots right. to kind of see if there's anything moving there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we use that in some areas and, uh, for us, the final part of the night, we ended up in the theater and we were doing more, uh, Estes work and they had put the laser dot grid, um, shining towards the stage because mm-hmm. we were kind of seated in the back of mm-hmm. the, seated, we were seated <laughs> in the back of the theater on the, on the lower level. And then they had this device, what's called a REM pod. And they put that on the middle of the stage and it has this like long antenna and then it has these different colored lights on it. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that if something gets near it, it makes this like high pitched beeping noise. Mm -hmm. And like the closer something is, I think the louder the noise is or Mm -hmm. the different colors light up. And um, that actually went off that a couple of times. Off, yeah, a few times. That was we were pretty all, cool. We were all sitting there and, you know, we were asking more and more questions and it started to go off. And I hadn't noticed any movement on the laser grid, but I think Nate and Zach and I think Nicole, or, yeah, uh, Nicole, they, they said that they had seen something towards, like, the center of the stage, mm. I think, before the REM pod had gone off. They thought they had noticed one of the, mm. an area of the dots being obscured. So that's cool. Something could have been potentially on stage, you mm. know, while we were in there, and that was, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> but by that point, I was kind of getting scared. Aww. I mean, it maybe it was nothing, but I think just being there, and I'm not a huge fan of the dark. Yeah, yeah. Or just you just get yourself kind of worked up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already anxious enough as it is. <laughs> I was kind of anxious the whole night of like, what if I say something? What if, what if something grabs me? This. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. And by the end, I was like, oh my god, mom, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was pretty much our whole night, and you know, I was kind of worried—not worried, but I kind of went into it thinking like, you know, I'm not gonna get my hopes up too much. Yeah. Maybe we're not really gonna have much activity. You know, there's no guarantee that when you go into a place that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You might have to do a couple investigations in a row to get something. Right. But I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of activity that we got to experience. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Overall, it was fun. Do I, did I come away 100% believing? No. Yeah. But the experience was awesome. Yeah, it and was. And we learned a lot. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And just being there in that amazing building. Yeah, so cool. So cool. Well, yeah, so um, that was our experience of 
doing the Collingwood Arts Center investigation with NWOSI and just want to say thank you guys so much for yes, having us. thank you. It was great. Um, we would love to join in on another investigation because yeah. that was Where, so much fun. Anywhere else around here that you'd like to investigate? Oh, gosh. Maybe the Jefferson Building. Jefferson Junior High? Yeah. Oh. Is that supposed to be haunted? It, I, I guess so, but it's oh. very old. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of built in a similar architectural style. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if the same guy oh, it's designed possible. it. It's possible. I don't know. We'll have to. Yeah. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a high school, somewhere downtown, where, the guy who was building it, committed suicide? Oh, I think you're thinking. Uh. He like either fell. Wait or Woodward. He, I can't remember which one it is. The one from like, by the river. Yeah, he like fell from the third story or something. I think it's Wait. Oh. The story is he he built it backwards, the wrong side facing the river, and so he committed suicide. I oh I don't know if that. Well, I think <laughs> I remember learning about it and. I think one portion of the building got built the wrong way. Uh, so it's in like this weird shape. Ah, uh, okay. But I don't know if that's the right. I mean, I mean, yeah, you mess up on an architectural build, but is that a reason to kill yourself? Right, right. There's got to be more to the story yeah, there. Yeah, I'm really curious, but I don't know. Whenever, whenever I heard that story, I, I thought, oh, I wonder if that if he haunts those halls or something, yeah, you yeah, know, since yeah. he died there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, there are a lot of a lot of old historical places in the area that'd be really fun to mm-hmm. investigate. Definitely. Uh, what do you, what, is there a place you would have in mind? Um, definitely. Well, some of the older hotels that we've stayed in that are supposedly haunted, mm. like the one in Waynesville and then oh, that's right. the Buxton the, Inn would be fun. Was it the Palmer house. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, the Buxton Inn in Granville. That's pretty cool. Um, also, oh, wait, not the Palmer House. Am I thinking of the hotel in Chicago? Oh yeah. What was the place called in Waynesville? I don't know, but it's cool. Oh, it's that's cool gonna town. bug me. We've been there twice. Yeah. How do we cool. not know the name of this place? Um, let me look it up. Yeah, because it's gonna bug me. <laughs> yeah, that the part of that building. It was like original, and it's like what two hundred years old or something. Yeah, super old. Um, oh, and speaking of Waynesville, it wasn't when they were ghost hunters, but when they were Ghost Nation, they went to. They went to Waynesville because oh, they, they yeah they um, Buckeye Charm is that what it's called? It's a store, one of the shops. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, they went there and yeah. investigated. And that cool historical society, that building was yeah, cool. Waynesville, yeah, yeah. I would love to go back there and do some yeah. ghost hunting. Um, okay, Waynesville Hotel. Hamill House. That's right. The Hamill House. I yeah, it has some alliteration to that it. That is super cool. Yeah. I also definitely want to go to uh, the Bel Air House in Southeast Ohio. And I want to go to... Oh, the Mansfield prison, Mansfield Reformatory. Yes, yeah. which wasn't that um, the inspiration for the Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Or did they film there? there. Yes, filmed that's right. There. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And then I guess uh, Nicole said that there's a place in Indiana that is like the most haunted place I've ever been to. 
and I've forgotten what it was, was called that, already. Was that Randolph? Yes. Yeah. Randolph. Yeah. I would like to go there too. Yeah. So many places. I know. <laughs> Very fun. But yeah. I'll definitely do it again. Same. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll take a little liquid courage with me next time. <laughs> <laughs> just stumbling through the dark hallways. Hey, guess just enough. <laughs> we should get like a little pith helmet. That way it'll keep our hands free and we'll have a little flashlight on our hat. <laughs> yeah. Then we can <laughs> look like total dorks. Yeah. <laughs> this is how the professionals do yeah, it. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. So that is it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you on the next one. Bye.